Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to Sulconicast episode 44, Metabolism and Metabolism, aka Metabolism. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Hannah Whitevin, owner of Sulcana Fitness and Wellness. I'm your other host, Lucia Holly, nutritional therapy practitioner, running my practice out of Sulcana Wellness and owner of EssentialOmnivore.com. Boop boop. <laughs> How's your week? Oh, you know, I was just complaining to you about it. <laughs> no. I'm not, no, I'm just, you know, I'm in week two of this hypoallergenic protocol and I'm starting to get a little fatigued from it. I was mm-hmm. feeling really good last week and I just feel a little fatigued today specifically. Yeah. But it's also my rest day. So I think I've been building up to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like when I, Yesterday, I was like, well, I'm not working out Saturday because of the meat. So I'm just going to work out five days in a row. Oh, boy. But I woke up this morning and my body was like, you don't have to do that. It's okay. Good. So I'm not going to work out today. I'm going to probably mobilize. I might do a little bit of gymnastics stuff. Yeah. But that's just, that's not a big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just to like... It's like technique. Yeah, technique work, get the muscles to remember the things, but it's not like I'm going to be out of breath. Yeah. Or lifting heavy weight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's fine. I think, you know, like you've used you, you this to me before, but it's like when you focus on your food, you have to focus on your food. You do. So I'm, I'm just going to focus on healing the body mm-hmm. and not worry about necessarily... Yeah, I'm going to take my own advice and lift heavy three days a week. There you go. <laughs> and have a couple of days of a little bit lighter stuff and then two two full days of rest. And this week I'm going to take three full days. Good. It's hard to treat yourself like you would treat one of your own clients. Mm-hmm. I notice that with myself and any nutrition stuff. Yeah, Just it's like really hard. Beating yourself up or feeling like you're in this certain arena with it and you should be doing this or should be doing that. Yep. All those shoulds are just, whew. Yeah. <laughs> They're tough. Like, there's like 10 things in your head. Yeah. One is that thing that you grew up with that's like well if I don't work out enough and I don't eat low low enough amounts of food (laughs) Mm -hmm. then I'm gonna be then I'm gonna be a problem I'm gonna die early yeah it's not true right it isn't it's not just that simple yeah is the thing no and also I'm not gonna lose all my skills if I take a week off two weeks off four weeks off even one day off. Right. A rest That's what day. I'm saying. Yeah. So I don't need to worry about it as much. No. it's. It, I think actually with all of this, what you're trying to do is heal your body. So you're looking at it from a different like functional standpoint yeah. to get it to this level where it feels even more functional. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. That's good. But I've been sleeping like oh, like really hard. Mm-hmm. Like I go to sleep and I don't have, and I don't, I don't even move for <laughs> nice. eight hours and I... Um, like I overslept my alarm yesterday after sleeping for eight and a half hours. Awesome. So my thing, my body is, I don't know, signaling to me like I'm pretty tired mm-hmm. of, you know, trying to heal my gut is exhausting. Yep. Um, so. We might be talking about, we haven't decided, I guess, for sure our subject for next week, but I prepared some materials on adrenal health. And I think anything that you're talking about would tie in so nicely when people are thinking about sleep and what the body yes. is signaling. Yes. So 
So just kind of working through those ickies and Mm -hmm. wanting coffee right now specifically, like at this moment is my first true craving Mm. of coffee since now. It's almost been three weeks of not being, not having the caffeine. I could give you like a supplement. (laughs) Walk over to my office. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably what I need to do is just like lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah. So I might do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see if we can be efficient with our time here. Yeah. Well, we I, go yeah, take a um, cat nap. I don't have anything to do, so <laughs> we're good. Um, so, yeah. What about you? How was your week? Week was just fine. It was your birthday. It was. Last Friday was my birthday. Flam, flam. Flam, 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 flam. Um, it was such a nice day. I took it off and like woke had a, well I was gonna say leisurely wake up I still woke up early that's been like a thing I've been doing for the last week is just waking up no matter what at 6 a.m which has been pretty early for me and wow been, 6 a.m is early yeah it's been feeling really good I think I definitely had some like seasonal effective going on and was just trying to like get as much sleep as I could and that wasn't feeling great so now I'm just waking up at six and the first few minutes are tough and then I'm like whoa my day is so much more open and free yes I did that and then I ran kind of ran jogged a uh, 5k with my friend and my old roommate Sarah and it was amazing we went um near like the stone arch bridge and it's so beautiful over there and then just hung out and did stuff I wanted to do yeah, <laughs> all day. Yeah, great. It, it was beautiful weather. I built some big planter boxes for my backyard. I saw those. Yeah. And are they, are they planted already or are you waiting till they're, Memorial Day? Nope, they're planted. With little seedlings or did you put – no. No, little You starts. bought full starts or I did bought, you start them early? I bought full starts. Oh, I am, treat I, yourself. Yeah. It's your birthday. Yeah. I also got a lot of free ones from people. Oh. They're just like, I bought a pack of four and I only wanted to plant three. Here's an extra. So I had like a nice little – um, stockpile. That's great. <laughs> Planties. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So that was great. And then the week since then have, has been fine. And I'm really into these chopped up and dried onions from Costco. What? Yeah. I know. So random. But I've been putting them into salads and they get like, I'm I'm a big fan of raw onion. Like I period. love raw onion. Yeah. So I'll put them into salads and if you use them right away, they're like really crispy and crunchy. But if you let them sit in a salad or you like put them into a vegetable saute, they soften really quickly. Oh. And it's so nice not having to chop an onion. Ooh. And you buy them like they come in those like huge Costco spice containers. Yeah. So I've been jamming on that all week. Do you, do you drive all the way to St. Louis Park for your Trader Joe's experience? Uh, yeah, for Costco. Or, oh, you for, got these at Costco. Yeah. Well, oh, for Trader some Joe's. reason, I just assumed Trader Joe's. Yeah. You might not have said Trader Joe's. Who knows? I don't even remember. <laughs> I do. I don't go I just there. just associate your things with Trader Joe's <laughs> for some reason. Well, I did hit up Trader Joe's again this week. And I feel weird about Costco and Trader Joe's, like, from more of, like, the macro lens. So I always feel funny talking about them. But they're great just as, like, sources of pretty quick and easy to yeah, prepare foods. Yeah, I mean, foods. I'm not one to judge. I go to Target. <laughs> it's so close to my house. Yeah. It's literally three minutes. It really is. To the Richfield Target, and I feel like such a suburban mom when I'm there. <laughs> Sundays are a nightmare, but it's so easy to get stuff, and then, like, when I want to get the good stuff, yeah. I drive further to the co-op, but it's right. like I'm driving a lot further. So either I get it when I leave from work mm-hmm. to go home from the co-op, Yeah. Or if I'm going on a weekend, I'm probably going to Target, to yeah. be honest. Or yeah. we have a local, like, grocery that's really close to us called Oxendales. And yeah, we could, we could probably walk there. But it's so expensive. Oh, I'm sure. They charge the convenience fee, which is 
people go there who are very old mm-hmm. and they will bag and carry your groceries to your car. Whoa. And that is the fee they're charging you for when they uh, when their peanut butter costs a dollar more per jar. Right. <laughs> You're like, okay. Thanks a lot. No, I go to that Costco. It's like at this point, maybe once every two months because it's just me. So like when I stock up there, I'm, I'm set for quite a bit once I get whatever I'm getting there. Yeah. So um, Kerrygold butter, frozen broccoli, those onions. Mm those onions mm. anyway so mm. i've been jamming on those but should we get into some metabolism talk we should because we also have like 500 questions coming flying in they're live hannah just posted in homies just, our facebook group we just asked about if people had metabolism questions and you know what they do and the <laughs> reason is most people don't really know what the metabolism is they just know they should care about it and that they're doing it yeah, wrong. Right. They just know no. that, like, on the front of Shape magazine, it they'll say something like, five ways to boost your metabolism today. No. And that your metabolism is probably too slow. Right. Something like that. <sighs> or, like, getting older, metabolism is slowing down, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so you start to view it. I think people view metabolism as your fat burner switch mm-hmm. or, or energy burner switch. Yep. Um, like, if it's on or off. And that's... Sort of, I mean, just like all pop science, that is sort of like a, some ideas were taken and then really distilled and turned into something people could easily say to one another. Right. So, you know, <laughs> sort of, but also no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, but like, don't listen to the diet magazines and people telling you, you should or shouldn't try this or that. Yeah. Listen to your body. Right. Let's start the basics (laughs) so um your metabolism is really going to be that energy that your body needs to burn to stay alive and functioning yeah i mean cuckoo that's that would be the the easiest way to say it i mean honestly the word metabolism refers to uh well it kind of refers to the sum of of all the chemical reactions that are happening in your body yeah it's not just one thing no so it's like your your body is your metabolism, your processes that are happening, yep. digestion, transport of energy through your system, um, and and transport of substances in between different cells. That's all what metabolism means. It's not just like, oh, I eat and then my metabolism kicks in. It's always, you're always metabolizing. It's always happening. Yeah. You're always metabolizing. Um, and yeah. Anyway, so that's the big overview. There are so many smaller processes that are happening. There are. And you can kind of think, at least in my mind, there are kind of three breakdown facets to metabolism. So one, you can be thinking about your resting metabolic rate Mm -hmm. or your basal metabolic rate. So your RMR, your BMR. Um, And that's the energy that your body needs to keep you alive for basic body processes. So to keep your heart beating, um, to keep you breathing just what what your body needs if you're like laying down on the floor in a bed all day yeah okay so like in the extreme version of your metabolism quote-unquote slowing down if you're not fulfilling that the energy required to sustain your bmr that's when you start to notice things like the digestive process might slow or stop right the your brain function might slow down. Your respiratory function might slow down. That's like what when your metabolism truly slows down uh, to, to a problematic point, that's when you see people starting to die of starvation or whatever they're shutting, else. They're shutting down. Yeah. Like yeah. If, you, if you've been recently watching 
10 episodes in a row of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, my God. I watched that a lot of episodes a few months ago. Someone, Ooh. I heard it mentioned on, I think it was on the Two Dope Queens podcast. And I was like, what is that? And now I'm obsessed with Are it. Are you? I think we talked, did we it's, talk about it? I think episode? we did, yeah. It's I'm obsessed with it now. I started watching it and I'm obsessed because it's, it totally, it sounded like it was going to be a really like cheesy reality show, but it's actually really interesting from a perspective of like, if you're interested in bodies, yes, um, watching them slowly break down. Yeah. The, those people are having a metabolic breakdown, and those people, the like rebound of what what their bodies is going to do I once can they're only off imagine. of the show is going to be so different. Than yeah, someone I can only imagine doing, what that's like. Yeah, that's like uh, uh, so many case studies in and of themselves, right there. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's that BMR, which is like the survival yep. amount of energy that you need to continue to fuel your metabolism. Right. Basic body processes. And then there's total daily energy expenditure. And so this is more of your activity-dependent energy. So, you know, the energy that you need to go for the walk that you go on every day, to put your shoes on, to go do a CrossFit workout, to do a mobility session. Um all that extra energy aside from you just again laying supine in a bed all day yep so this is gonna be the one that's super variable right it can be variable person to person day to day year to year um uh, even like hour to hour right yeah one day that someone does like a really big cross at workout yep. and then the next day when they have a rest day two different energy expenditures yes which is why i'm on rest day energy (laughs) which is low (laughs) yeah exactly cut your body a little bit of slack yep and then the last one is going to be the um, thermogenesis of diet so the energy needed to break down your food and absorb nutrients and i think with this one some people probably have heard this like um when if anyone has been in the diet world which who hasn't right we all are living in the diet world all the all the time where people say, okay, like have celery. It's such a good snack. You burn more calories by chewing it than the calories that it's giving you. That's the basic idea. Okay. That's just a stupid thing. I know, but people say it. (laughs) Just move, just masticate your jaw then. If you really want to lose weight, just sit there chewing nothing. People do that by chewing gum. They think they're burning calories. I mean, like (laughs) technically, I guess. It's a lot of work. Um, Okay, so then... So those are the three that I want people to keep in mind. But there will be some genetic variability for metabolism. I don't have a ton of information or research on that. But you can think that depending on your age, your sex, these different functions that will be affecting um, maybe total body composition or hormonal status that's informing how your body's performing, there will be some differences there. Sure. Okay. So it's going to be um, environment and maybe a little bit of what you were born with. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So on top of that, though, I feel like people get really hung up on that. They're like, oh, yeah. I could, I've always had a slow metabolism. Yeah, I'm genetically doomed for failure. <laughs> okay. Sure. Maybe your metabolism is not rocket fast compared to someone else's and maybe your bmr which you can't really change your basal metabolic rate you can't really super change over the course of your life maybe a little bit yeah but not very dramatically yeah that might be fine a little bit you maybe you burn less energy than the average person just to like digest your food right 
But when people say that, what I think about is not even their metabolism. I think about what total burdens might be on their body. That's likely they're thinking about their metabolism because they're thinking about their body composition. They want to yes. be losing weight or maybe yes. some people want to be gaining weight. What I'm thinking about is, okay, what barriers are there with your body right now where it's feeling like it has to hold on to stuff? So that might not necessarily be total metabolism. It might be maybe there is a, like a major food intolerance that is causing your body to have heightened levels of inflammation mm-hmm. and it's you're holding on to water weight or you're feeling so crummy and so fatigued all the time by your seasonal allergies or you know what have you yeah that you're not going you're not your TDEE your total daily energy expenditure will possibly be lower than someone who's springing out of bed because they're feeling better for right a b c d x y yeah if you reasons or like even if all those things are slowing you down and you and you still are doing something like a crossfit workout you get there and you can't actually and we'll talk about this later yeah you can't actually train the metabolic pathway that you're intending to train because yeah. you're so fatigued then that's probably not your body being broken and being dumb and stupid. It's probably your body signaling Needing to you a help, that yeah. it's that something else is going on, that you yes. can focus on that and then it would probably support you in yes. how you want it to support and you. And then on the flip side, you probably need to eat something. Yeah, you will. I just have a thought for you. If you come <laughs> to the gym and you're too tired to actually continue oh, the God. process of metabolic training, you might need to eat something. Right, right. You might need to eat something. And that's okay and you don't need to feel guilty about it. No, please eat something. Please eat something. Well, I'll eat stuff with you. I'll always eat food with other people. Yeah. Um, So with that, though, body composition is going to have an effect on your metabolism. So how much lean mass you have, how much muscle mass you have versus how much fat mass. Yes. If there is more lean mass and more muscle mass, there will be um, an increased metabolic rate. Yeah. And really what that what that means, like when we say increased metabolic rate, what we mean is your body is more quickly able to transform the food that you take in into the energy that you use and the energy that you store for usage later. Boom. That's it. It doesn't it doesn't mean I think there's a lot of things people think about it. It doesn't mean that you're better at like necessarily burning the food that's in your gut. It means that you're better at at keeping that process going and turning it very quickly into the energy that you need yeah. and storing it for later. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I think, I don't know exactly the misperceptions of m- metabolism because it's been a while since I didn't understand what metabolism was. <laughs> yeah. But I think when before I just thought of it like my metabolism, my metabolism is how fast I can get rid of this mm. ice cream. Yeah. I think that's what people think of it as. Yes. As like a get rid of process. How yeah. quickly can I turn it into like a waste product. Yep. And that's not necessarily, that's not really what we're interested in when we look at metabolism. We're more interested in looking at how quickly can I take a source of energy and turn, turn it into usable energy. Right. And then of course it becomes a waste byproduct later, mm-hmm. but that's not your end goal when you're thinking about increasing your metabolism or using your metabolism for what you need it for. Right, totally. Yeah, so flip that switch in your brain if it's, if it's still on on the off switch. <laughs> Turn that switch on. Turn that switch on. Um, my, I have just a few more points I want to make before I turn it over to you. But when people think about their metabolism, they also think about the fact that if they just eat more or less food, that will either make them, we're looking at it from a dieting standpoint, make them gain weight or lose weight. Yes, calories in, calories out are going to have an effect, Mm -hmm. but 
just like when you were saying people have maybe this general idea of metabolism when they haven't studied it or looked into it or have just heard what like a magazine is going to say or TV commercial is going to say, there is no, how do I say this? I don't see, just like turn on that light switch, I don't see a conversation about the short term versus the long term when people are talking about increasing calories or decreasing calories. And what what I mean by that is someone who decides they want to go on a diet because they want to lose those last 10 to 15 pounds. Let's say that they drop their calories to 1,000 to 1,200 calories from some amount that we don't know of from before because they weren't tracking. They were just eating what they were eating. And probably it's like 2,200 down all the way to 1,000 or 1,200. Right. So they're cutting out a substantial amount of calories. Mm -hmm. They're having their calories in half. That could have a therapeutic benefit in the short term, where the body's norm has been maybe 2,200 calories, for the most part, ranging around it. People are just eating a little bit more intuitively, or they're just not caring, and they're eating foods that make them feel really happy or are really tasty. So that's been their norm for who knows how long, and then all of a sudden, they flip down, they do a diet where they've decided an arbitrary amount of calories, in this case, and they stick to that diet. And maybe they stick to it for four weeks Mm -hmm. because they have some goal that they're trying to get to. Like a vacation. Like a vacation. In a swimsuit. Yes, springtime, right? So they do that and they lose some weight and they get to that goal. But then they say, well, if I lost that much weight, if I just stick it out and I stay at this lower calorie amount. Or I go even lower. Or I go even lower, I will either continue to lose that same amount of weight or I'll lose more. But guess what happens <laughs> if you go below your basal metabolic rate in terms of the calories that you need and you consistently do that? Hashtag naked and afraid. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. So your body will start to catabolize precious materials like muscle and other yes other building blocks but yes. what also happens is that your body is going to down regulate its processes to match that now sustained lower amount of calories aka energy that's coming mm-hmm. in and this is where i see people blowing their own minds day in day out where they're saying hey i'm beating myself up in the gym i'm doing a shit ton of cardio i'm running all the time i wake up really early i go to bed really late i drink I'm, smoothies three meals a day i don't eat any food i don't eat any fat I don't even know like what I'm eating, but I know I'm not eating enough to be staying at this weight. What's going on? Yep. They've fallen into chronic into a chronic diet state. Mm-hmm. And that chronic diet state is very different than a short-term diet state where you're basically throwing your body for a loop if you're giving it a diet that comes in and comes out for a set amount of time. A chronic diet where there is no end to it, your body's going to get used to it because your body is smart. As much as magazines and TV ads say your body isn't smart and is broken and you can't trust it, it's trying to do you a favor by down-regulating processes. Yes, so you don't starve to death. because So you you don't die. Right. If you continue to metabolize at the rate you were metabolizing before, when you had 2,200 calories, you will die of starvation, is what your body thinks. Because your body doesn't know that you have an unlimited food supply in your cabinet. Yeah. It's just doing what it needs to do to protect you from death. Yes. So, <laughs> and often, it will work for a very long time before will. you die. It will. It takes a while to, to like just straight up starve to death. Yeah. It's it's too long. It's too long. <laughs> so, with that, if someone feels like they fall into that category of 
going crazy in the gym, not eating any food, and not seeing the results that they want from a body composition standpoint, and they're trying to lose weight. Eat more. Yeah. So whisper that again. Eat more food. Yeah. There you go. We have to break that now consistent and chronic cycle of that low calorie by actually increasing calories to signal to your body, hey, metabolism, hey, energy use, feel free to ramp back up because Mm -hmm. guess what? It's okay. Yeah. You have food to use again. Yeah, and we'll get to a sustainable level now where you can maintain, maybe you're maintaining at closer to 2,000 calories before you ramp back up and you're being more smart about how you ramp up. Mm -hmm. You're increasing your activity level at the same time and figuring it out. And in a structured way. Right. And and the last point I want to make with that, because that could be its own episode, but the last point I want to make is that not only does that then address the calories and calories out portion, mm-hmm. but also likely it's setting a much more balanced hormonal profile by the fact that you're getting in more total food, more micronutrients, in addition to those macronutrients. Yes. And so as we know, your hormones play a big role in every other process in your body. We talk about this all the time. <laughs> and hormones are going to, I think hormones are more important than calories in, calories out. Hormones are going to be the base of your pyramid if you're talking about calorie use. So before mm-hmm. you try to change how much food you're eating, I would say look at quality first. Right. That's going to be setting the stage for your body to then be responsive to the changes that you're making instead of feeling like you're broken. Yeah. I feel like uh, this, this, um, if we think about the show, The Biggest Loser, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but this is a really great, show, this is yeah. like a very great, like if you watch one episode, it's a great descriptor or idea of what your meta, what your metabolism can do. Um, and what it does when it's put under pressure. So right away, maybe those people are coming in and they're eating 3,600 to 4,000 calories a day to maintain a larger body mass. And then they're put on like a 1,600 calorie diet. I think it's even, insane. Even I think less. it's Yeah, it's a terrible, it's terrible. But it, and it's really nutrient, lo- uh, nutrient uh, lacking. lacking foods. And, like, and it's often quite low fat. Yeah, pa- lots of packaged foods and stuff that are given to them by their sponsor companies. Anyway, so the first few weeks of the show, they come on and they're losing something like 18 to 25 pounds a week. Yeah. Because their metabolism is working at a rate that it it has an expectation that 4,000 calories are still coming in. Mm -hmm. And it's only getting 1,200. And so suddenly it's burning fuel sources that it had stored from before. Then it catches up and realizes, oh, shit, I have lost all my ability to gain food somehow. I must be in a bad place for hunting or something. Right. I better slow this meta- metabolic rate down before I starve or we get into a place where I'm starting to crash. Yeah. So then your metabolic rate slows down and that you can't get as much weight loss anymore. So they start, they start working out more and they start eating less and they're trying and trying and trying and they might even gain some weight back mm-hmm. because their metabolism is trying everything it can do to maintain some energy storage to use for later when they try to do a two-hour cardio workout that requires a constant storage level of ATP. I can't even. Oh, I can't even either. And like your adrenal glands and your stress hormones. Oh my God. And everyone is surprised when people gain back weight from Hundreds of pounds. That that honestly should be the expectation. And I think it should be surprising if people keep the weight off. Yeah. It's a healthy response for your body to suddenly (laughs) go back up in weight after a crash diet. 
Yes. It means that your metabolism is actually working. And diet industry knows that. Yes. And they're going to keep promoting a crash diet because yep. you're going to stay in that cycle of having it work and then being frustrated and yes. beating yourself up because you did it wrong. Yes. Oh. But it's no, your metabolism is working correctly. Yeah. If you are suddenly going from a 1200 calorie diet to then rebounding to a 2200 calorie diet, your metabolism is on point if you gain a little weight. That's that's correct. Yep. All right. Um, just one more thing. Sometimes people also talk about calorie burners. So like getting in some sort of a therapeutic food or taking a supplement to burn extra calories. So the two that I'm going to talk about, it, uh, well, there's caffeine and then there's capsation, which is coming from things like cay it's cayenne pepper. So the spicy component in um, like peppers. So caffeine is going to increase your metabolism. It's a stimulant, but it only works for a set amount of time until your body gets used to it, okay? So if you use caffeine for a couple of days to burn a few more calories, sure, but that's likely not going to get you anywhere towards any of your right. goals, and then it's going to plateau out. And you'll start depending on it as a thing versus a change. Don't. I yeah. mean, any, any quick fix like that is just not meant to help you for yeah. real. And the capsation, you basically need extreme like mega doses of it so you could again potentially be supplementing with it for a little bit but there's no way that just eating extra hot food and more putting more peppers on your food is going to give you enough of that so <laughs> right. just don't don't think about those and think about quality of food mm -hmm. total quantity of quality food and start there and if you are stressed out your body is going to hold on to things yep. because it understands that it's not in a place, it's not in a safe place to be relaxing and letting go of weight. That's what I have. Okay, um, that's good. I don't have a challenge. That's okay. okay cool. we'll, we, we'll take all these questions later. That's oh, fine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good re replacement. I just want to talk about metabolic conditioning because um, – well, first of all, we, as we already talked about, it, there's an important fitness aspect to regulating your metabolism because if you have more lean mass, less body fat, you're going to have better, a quote-unquote better metabolism. You're right. going to have a faster, more efficient metabolism, um, more ability to transport your energy through the system and just change food into energy quicker. Um, and there's another, the, the other aspect to it is that then you can increase your performance by thinking about your metabolic pathways. Mm. So, like, we use the word Metcon all the time. Uh, I always wonder, like, if I ask somebody what a Metcon <laughs> means, besides metabolic conditioning, what does metabolic conditioning actually mean? Right. Define metabolic conditioning. Yeah. Not just the, the acronym or whatever you call right. it. Right. I don't know that everyone would be able to do it, which is totally fine and normal. It's not, you don't have to have everything in your brain <laughs> at all times. <laughs> it's okay to not be a human trivia machine. Oh, no. Uh, but what people are talking about when they refer to metabolic conditioning is basically structuring a pattern of work and rest that effectively targets your metabolic pathways. Mm. So that's what that means. That's what that phrasing refers to. Um, just like like high-intensity interval training, for example, is one style of metabolic conditioning. Mm. There are lots and lots of styles of metabolic conditioning. It's literally like an overarching term that means how do you specifically target the outcome that you want and then how do you um, actively rest and work the right amount to, to actually get there? We've talked about these uh, metabolic pathways before. We had that cardio episode. Um, so I'll just give you a little reminder. Yeah, please of do. Of the three metabolic pathways. Please do. There's two anaerobic pathways and one aerobic pathway. The anaerobic pathway, pathways are the phosphagen, 
pathway and the glycolytic pathway. And the glycolytic pathway um, goes by other names too, um, like anaerobic glycogen pathway. And you talked about this, which episode was that? The cardio episode. The cardio, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. cool. So when we talked about it in those episodes, we talked about how um, sometimes, we, really we talked about it because people think of exercise as cardio, yeah. and I was trying to help them understand that there are other ways that your body uses energy um, rather than just that one pathway. But right. today we're going to think more about how could you specifically target those pathways to help your metabolism or train your metabolism to be better at converting energy in those three different ways. Mm. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So first one, phosphogen pathway. The phosphogen pathway, when people are talking about, is actually the creatine phosphate pathway. And that's like the fast, more, more powerful system. So that system works like if you were to take in food, uh, the the phosphogen pathway or the phosphate pathway is what immediately converts that food into available energy. So it has a really rapid rate of ATP production. Um, and it's re the creatine phosphate pathway is used to reconstitute ATP after it's broken down to release its energy. Uh, and it provides a very quick burst, um, but doesn't have any lasting effect for like it has limited ability to contribute to muscle contraction. Um, so the nice thing is that it's instantaneously available to you, yeah. but it's a very short burst of energy and it goes away quickly. Mm. We use that at beginning of any exercise. It's sort of what gets you started. Like that first thing you do is use those immediately available um, phosphates, ATPs that mm -hmm. come out. Mm -hmm. The phosphogen pathway can be really useful for things like Olympic weightlifting or sprinting or very short bursts of energy, you can train your body to more quickly access those um, very rapid stores or rapid, uh, rapidly available sources of ATP by doing things like that. So if you're doing a bunch of Olympic weightlifting, you're going to become really good at very short bursts of energy, right. like one really tall jump to a box or maybe even five seconds of box jumps really quickly. But the thing about that uh, energy system is that it requires more time to regenerate. So it takes more time to rebuild that quick store, mm. that quick source than it does to work with an aerobic source because you're not using oxygen to build it. You are strictly using that metabolic pathway to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sometimes, it takes like three to five minutes in most people to fully recover, which is why Olympic weightlifting athletes or powerlifting athletes will do a lift and then they'll go sit down for a while. Right. <laughs> it's not just because they're lazy. They shouldn't be pacing around the room or mm -hmm. doing a bunch of squat jumps. They should be trying to rest their body and allow their met metabolism to regenerate that pathway so they can use it again. Right. The secondary system, the intermediate system, is the glycolytic pathway, also anaerobic, also without oxygen. Um, so the anaerobic glycolytic, Glycolysis. Glycolysis, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, what? There are a lot of words I can't yeah. say, but apparently. Anaerobic glycolysis. Um, yeah. It doesn't require oxygen and it uses the energies contained in glucose for the formation of ATP. So uh, this pathway occurs within the cytoplasm and breaks the glucose down into a simpler component called pyruvate. Ooh, there we go. And it's an intermediate pathway between the phosphogen and aerobic system. Um, and it can produce ATP rapidly for use 
during activities that are longer than just one second, mm -hmm. but not for a super long amount of time. So this is like the secondary length of time. Um, and most of the time when you're doing something like, when you're doing any activity, you're going to be using all three pathways. There's no, it's not like you click one on and then the next one comes on, the next one comes on. You're going to use all three, but you can train them in different ways um, and, and target them. So this would be something like if you did a four minute workout, three minute workout, and you went as hard as you could mm. for those three minutes. After you're done, that that uh, little sprint takes about one to three minutes to recover. So it takes a little bit less time to recover, and but it doesn't provide the same level of intensity. Sure. The last one is the longer duration system, which is the aerobic system. And that requires the use of oxygen in order to convert um, to ATP. And that and that's because car your carbohydrates and fats can only be burned in the presence of oxygen. So you need oxygen in order to burn those things in order to use ATP for your cardio or aerobic system. Um, and that system comes into play anytime we're going to use sustained energy release. So walking, running, um, swimming, rowing, doing a 20-minute workout, doing mm -hmm. a... 12 minute workout, doing a 16 minute workout, yeah. doing a 40 minute workout, you're going to be in the aerobic pathway right away. And you're going to stay there for the whole time. Um, if you're going to do like a long run, you might start off, boom, you start your first birth, burst and you're going to hit your phosphogen pathway right away to get your body moving. You're going to, uh, you know, energize with your glycolytic pathway and then you're going to use your aerobic pathway to continue to sustain you beyond. And that's when you start to see like storage of carbohydrates and fats being used to can complete the process right um but yeah there's always interplay between the two there's no time when there's just like one working and the others are just chilling out waiting because that's not <laughs> how your body really works nope but in order to train them to be better at whatever thing that you're interested in you have to train that specific pathway which we've talked about before in the cardio episode. Like, yeah. if you want to be a good endurance runner, you got to do lots of aerobic work. Yep. If you want to be good at Olympic weightlifting, you better do lots of short duration sprint work, uh, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to be really well-rounded, you have to do all of it. Yeah. Oh, fair. What? Yes. <laughs> and you can improve your, your body's ability to metabolize in those ways and help you access energy by doing those things. Mm -hmm. That is possible. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, like, one of the primary drivers be behind you know, increasing your metabolism is through fitness, right. through exercise, and through challenging those areas. Uh, yeah, specifically the Metcon, the idea of the Metcon is is really about manipulating the variables that change how you access those metabolic pathways. That's all that means. Sure. So if someone were to ask you, what is a Metcon? You could say, oh, it's a way of exercising that, that where you manipulate variables like time, distance, amount of work, an amount of rest so that you can have diff different stimulus and a different outcome from your metabolism. Easy. Write it down. Easy. Yeah. There you go. Or you could just be like, it's when we do like the workout part. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Yep. 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 So you, you can, you know, use a variety of training techniques so you can help increase your metabolic capacity, increase your body's ability to convert energy and use it quickly or use it for the long duration. Um, but that's probably not 
Honestly, what most people are concerned about when they're <laughs> concerned about their metabolism. Right. So let's find out. Yeah, let's let's look at these questions. Okay. Uh, so here's some, well, here's a couple of the questions we already answered. Like, what is metabolism? Yeah. What is a metabolism, which I love? Yes. <laughs> uh, how do you speed it up or slow it down? We already talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we talked about that. You want to slow it down? Stop eating for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Sit on your couch and do nothing. Yep. Do nothing. Stop eating very, don't, don't eat very much yeah it's that's gonna be tough too if you're doing less and then you're not eating as much yes uh is it genetic we already talked about that too yes Yes. there will be some genetic variability for sure just like there's genetic variability with anything and on top of that if you're feeling like your metabolism is stuck and slow um and that you got like got dealt a bad metabolism like i was saying before maybe let's look at other factors first that could be impacting how your body is able to express itself essentially Mm -hmm. so um yeah can an individual overcome quote-unquote naturally slower metabolism yep do what we just said (laughs) exercise (laughs) exercise and eat enough yeah and eat more and if you feel like yeah if yeah nope is that (laughs) (laughs) how do we keep it up as we age exercise listen to our episode from last week eat enough aging athletes and yes yes (laughs) exercise (laughs) and eat enough and also sleep enough god take care of your hormonal system holy crap by keeping your body stable and supported through sleep through hydration through exercise through quality foods through quality fats through vitamins and minerals from quality foods i just feel like the whole sleeping thing I know, just fucking go to bed. You know, you want a better metabolism, go to sleep. Like, think about how many kiddos are on a sleep schedule and how, like, almost typical that is. There are probably some people who don't do that. Right. I know, I know families that put their bed, their kids to bed and they their kid is in bed for 12 hours. Yes. Okay. Because so, their body is working so hard right, to so, metabolize enough energy to grow. Yeah, there's going to be differences because we do become adults. But, like, I feel like people just <clears throat> lose any sort of a sleep schedule and then they're so confused why they don't feel great yes okay step one before food comes in look at sleep step two look at water and hydration step three then look at food quality step four then look at food quantity yes and step five look at your routine are you a yo-yo dieter because if you are tend to be somebody who tends to crash and come out your metabolism will be altered because of that you are right. playing a game with your body think of the short term and the long term yes your body needs to be able to understand what sources of fuel it has in order to work the most efficiently and if it's going to be faster it needs to be efficient that's it yep those are the same things so here's another question why can't i eat a full-size bag of doritos and a mountain dew like i could when i was 15 well here's the thing when you were 15 your body was still in a process of growth that required you to metabolize more calories to, to keep up with your daily expenditure. Your basal metabolic rate might have still been the same as it is now, but your requirements to actually fuel the growth that you needed were very different then. At and that point, your body could take in a full Mountain Dew and just be like, great, I'm going to help my bones get bigger. <laughs> and your body hasn't had the... 15 years plus, you know, depending on how much older you are than 15 right now, it, it hadn't had to deal with digesting all that food that came in over those years or having to manage the lack of sleep that's happened or the additional life stressors that have come mm-hmm. into play. You have the same body that you did when you were 15, but also you have that body 
that has gone through many more experiences. And I think this is what I was trying to get at when I was saying, let's look at digestion. Let's look at food intolerances. Let's look at other reasons aside from just those calories in, calories out. Right. When you're 15, also your your level of inflammation is lower and your body's ability to convert energy immediately is much better, much stronger. Yep. And just there's so much more that you need it for. Um, Do I have the same metabolism all my life? What are signs my metabolism is changing? How can I calculate my BMR? And then do fecal transplants affect the recipient's metabolism? That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, The fecal transplants, sure, any change in the gut biome will be changing potentially uh, levels of chronic systemic inflammation or decreasing inflammation that might be affecting body composition. And I would say, yes, your body is a whole, so your body's total energy expenditure will probably change to what degree. Um, and how significant, I don't know. Mm. But people do notice. I mean, there's studies there's studies where people are putting um, the, you know, the f- they're doing a fecal transplant with an obese mouse to a thin mouse and vice versa and noticing that the obese mice get smaller or the, you know, the, the other way around. Yeah. So yes and no, it's not just one factor or another. Mm-hmm. The signs that your, meta- uh, that your metabolism is changing. I would say if you were to think about just how much energy do you have available to you throughout the day? Uh, a lot of times people will say when they start doing a new fitness routine, they feel more energized. And that's what they're referring to is their abilities, mm. their body's ability to process and store and release energy at the appropriate times has increased, has improved. Um, if you're really feeling fatigued and low and run down on a very consistent basis, that's a pretty good sign that your m- metabolism is either uh, slowing down maybe because you're not taking enough food or that your body is under constant inflammation yeah. and your metabolism only plays a role in that. Right. Um, oh, so how can I calculate my BMR? Well, there are online ways that you can calculate it. Yeah. But let me just tell you, I just did that online calculator and it said that my that my um, basal metabolic rate uh, is... 1,482 calories, but I had a uh, water submersion testing done, and it said my basal metabolic rate is 1,750. Yeah. So you can go online and have this, because all it asked me for was my gender or my my sex, my height, my weight, and my age. Yep. So it's kind of like giving you a rough estimate, but that is pretty pretty low. Um, And for me, I know that my resting... Basal, basal metabolic rate is 1700 which is was a really informative thing for me and so helpful to know yeah um and i got that tested in that water tank s- truck yeah what was that even called oh darn it they call themselves the gold standard yeah you can, you can get a dexa scan you can get a bod pod yep um you can get in body testing in body testing even like a probably like a caliper test where they're getting your and it's like an idea of your lean body to yeah. kind of fat stories will help decide. And then when you put in the extra information of age and um, sex and all that will help that person or machine or function make a calculation. Yep. I also have a calculation that I use for people who are looking to get help with macronutrients specifically. And I take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it will give you a general range, but like it can give you a general range for yeah, a general right. amount of people. For, the, uh, for me, it was helpful because I would not have guessed that mine was high. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess I should have known that because my heart beats like a million miles an hour when I was a kid. 
Zoom. Yeah, when I was a kid, I ate so much food, yeah. and I never, I just was, like, always hungry. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense that my, I'm burning 1,700 calories just to live and exist. So if I'm even going for a walk, I'm going to need three, th- I'm going to need 2,000 calories a day. Yeah, so a thousand. If I'm doing CrossFit, I'm going to need more than that. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, so keep that in mind that there are ways to do it. You should go and do it as a, the most professional place you can to get the most accurate measurement. And and then if you're really active, up it just a touch. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Working out in metabolism, what role does the rest day and eating enough calories actually play? Well, eating enough calories, I think that was pretty much the gist of our episode. And then what role does the rest play or rest day play? From my stance, it's that recovery days where your body can start to look at more of the housekeeping functions and put energy towards that. So your body's in more of a low stress state to help yes. you be able to functionally adapt to stressors that you're causing it to be um to be engaging in yeah i mean just on the basic level if we know that your metabolism is basically all processes that your body's undergoing for for use and repair and for for access to energy we already know we've talked about this before that every time you use your muscles you cause muscle breakdown and in order to build muscle you need to repair those muscles same with your bones so if you're not allowing that time for your metabolism to help fuel that uh, recovery of your body, then you're just going to keep going and banging yourself against the wall all the time. No one wants that. No, no one wants that. But also, if you go to the gym and you're really fatigued because you've had five days on, and I ask you to do something that is a three-minute burst of 90% intensity, you won't be able to provide that for me that day. Yeah. And that's what you need in order to train that metabolic pathway. So it's like you might as well rest that day because you're not really <laughs> using that very well. There you go. You know, if yeah. you're dragging ass... You probably should eat some food. Number one, eat food. If you feel better, great. Yeah. That means you were just like dying of <laughs> Undernourished. food. Undernourished, yeah. Um, if you if you eat enough food and you still feel pretty low energy, then just take that time off. Yeah. Go take a nap. Go. If you feel like you can't not be active, then like stretch on the floor. Right. Go do something. Right. But where you're not increasing that total energy demand. Yes. And if you're trying to lose like some body fat, as we talked about, uh, with metabolic conditioning, the, the time that you're going to burn up excess carbohydrates and fats is going to come in when you're doing longer duration exercise at a really slow rate. Yeah. So throw in a day of really casual walking, casual jogging. Maybe you go for a swim in the lake or you go rowing for like a really easy row. Yeah. But, um, you know, utilize that to help you tap into that fat burning, car- carbohydrate burning. And regulate your blood sugar levels. <laughs> Yep. And help your body get over into a fat-burning mode. Yes. And still okay. do some high-intensity exercise, too, yeah, really. Do that, too. Okay, anyway. Make sure you have enough muscle mass. Okay, bye. <laughs> so the other, the next question is, I'm assuming it's a joke. I don't know. Do you prefer to call it the Krebs cycle or the citric acid cycle? Whatever, Which is Samson. So funny. Bye. <laughs> uh, so so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I prefer to call it the Krebs cycle because that's because I was in college in 2006. Five, and yeah. that's what it was called then. It was, yeah, that's what it was called when I was in school too. But the citric acid cycle makes it sound tastier. <laughs> and then um, the last question we got is habits to improve metabolism. I think we got them. We got them. Eat more food. <laughs> and stop being so stressed out. Please. For God's sake. For God's sake. Please stop being so stressed out. Yeah. Please eat more food. Please challenge all your metabolic pathways. Get your body into that parasympathetic state stat please if you don't know what that is go listen to the 
I, I'm not going to explain it again. Just go listen to all our other podcast episodes. You know okay? what our podcast tagline should be? <laughs> Work hard, rest harder. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Don't be stressed out about it. Yes. All right. So uh, yeah. I, I feel like our challenge really is basically to have people play around with how much food they're getting in. And especially, I, no, I wanted to mention this as well. No one asked about this, but um, there is a whole world of people who work out when they are fasted. Yep. And they work on, you know, doing intermittent fasting and then working out in that time. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? I want to save that for a different episode because okay. it's fodder for a whole episode. Okay, just know that like that, those people, if you're doing intermittent fasting, you're not inherently breaking your metabolism by working out on a fasted system. Nope. Um, that's okay to do as long as you're making sure that you're getting enough food when you need enough food. That also falls into the short term versus long term. So is it chronic dieting? Is it, um, is it chronic fasting versus yeah. short term uh, adaptive fasting? Right. So. If you're uh, working out when you're fasted, if you've got enough energy store because you've been eating healthy, yeah. it's going to be fine. Let's but if you're coming in exhausted to a workout, you need to eat. It's a, don't just accidentally fast. Please don't. Accidental fasting is problematic. Yeah. Purposeful fasting has its place. We'll 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 have an episode about fasting. Yeah. I have thoughts. We have an episode called Fasting and Faster. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So thanks everyone for your questions. I hope we answered them all. I think the answer basically to everything you asked is eat enough food to sustain your metabolism because your metabolism is your is essentially it's you all of your vital <laughs> bodily functions yeah. and you need them in order to be happy, healthy, alert. Yes. Able to contribute in an intelligent way to your community <laughs> and uh, to feel energized enough to do the things you like to do. Boom. 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 Take care of yourselves, people. <sighs> we'll be back next week with an episode on adrenals. Love it. Yep, because we already planned it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much to Taj. She's amazing. And uh, you know what? In in the Krebs cycle, all, all your little aero- aerobic organisms um, will work together to release stored energy through the oxidation of acetyl-CoA. And I'm going to say Taj is the acetyl-CoA of my world. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you all for listening, and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, at Silconic Podcast. Check Silconic Cast, at Silconic Cast. Silconic Cast. We're also Check on, on Stitcher. Twitter, on Twitter, and Stitcher. Yeah, you guys can find us anywhere. Can't find us on Spotify yet, because we're not that popular, but we're getting there. We're getting there, We friends. are so getting there, and yeah. you're helping us, so thank you. And any questions that you want us to answer, you can find us on Facebook or you can message us at, or you can tweet us at Silicon Podcast and we would be happy to answer them. For yeah, you. do it. All right. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Silicon Cast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit SilconaCast.Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at SilconaFitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.